Welcome to Junkyard Theory, folks. And today's episode is pretty special. We got somebody who's worked on massive blockbusters ranging from Watchmen to 300. And he is most prominently known for uh, performing stunts as a certain caped vigilante. And he made uh, Batman badass again. <laughs> and most recently, he was seen in Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead, Richard Sertron. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome, and thank you for uh, having me. Richard, uh, could you, you know, tell me a little bit about uh, your origin story? How did you get into stunts, filmmaking, essentially? Well, I got into stunts through martial arts, and uh, I grew up in um, a city called Pittsburgh in Pennsylvania, and I moved to California to study martial arts under Dan Santo, who was Bruce Lee's protege. Um, and I um, got to a certain proficiency in, in martial arts that he teaches and uh, started getting uh, background work in stunts or in, in movies. I think I did two, two shows as like, uh, they called it special talent, which is basically a fancy way of saying, you're gonna do stunts in the movie, but we're not gonna pay you as a stunt now, we're gonna pay you as a background performer. <laughs> so I did that for a couple <laughs> movies and then I got my, my uh, union card, my SAG card, and it just started from there. I think that was like 1992. Um, so the, my way into stunts was through martial arts. And there's different ways. You know, gymnastics is a way. And, uh, recently, free running is a real popular way to get into uh, into stunts. But my way was through martial arts. That's amazing. And starting out as a stunt performer, you know, with the background in martial arts, how do you think that kind of helped you? Not, not just secure work, but, uh, you know, through uh, building discipline all of that because uh, it's not an easy industry to be in, right? So you gotta have persistence. So how do you think that kind of helped you out? Yeah, it, it definitely did. Um, that that helped me tremendously because martial arts is, you know, it's a lot of it is discipline and, um, you know, training your mind, not only your body to be strong, but your mind to be strong. Because if the body is strong and the body is willing, but the mind is weak, it's not gonna work. You're not gonna, you really have a tr have trouble defending yourself in any type of situation. So you have to strengthen both. And uh, that definitely served me in, in stunt work. And I've done a lot of um, creature work, a lot of suit work, where you can be very uncomfortable in a suit, you know. Um, it, can get, it gets really hot, it gets uncomfortable, um, you know, and, and I think that training has definitely helped me to develop a mindset to be able to withstand, you know, jobs like that. So I think martial arts was a, was definitely um, the mental aspect was a big big factor in, in, in uh, you know everything I've done in stunts and, and any success I've had. When you started, uh, you know, le uh, basically learning the ropes about stunts and everything, uh, was there anything that you were kind of like unprepared for? to, you know, essentially put your body through all the, the, the grueling, maybe the training or maybe, uh, you know, uh, instantaneous uh, suggestions that come in from the stunt coordinator. Uh, anything kind of like, you know, that you had to learn on the go? Well, I think, you know, I think the biggest thing, and I tell aspiring stunt performers this, um, the biggest thing, Thing I think that you really have to get used to and you have to get comfortable with, you know, and you have to expect is things will always change. You have to be able to adapt. 
you know, and that's that's a lesson that I learned very early on. You can rehearse something, you know, for a month, and then you get on the get on the day, and for whatever reason, you know, the director decides to change the shot, or the actor decides that he, you know, he'd rather see something else in the choreography, or something like that. It can change on an instant, so you can't be one of those people that gets locked into something and then just holds on to a tight, you know, you have to be able to adapt, you know, I, that was, that was something. And, and I don't know if I really had trouble with it, but it was, it was a really important lesson that I learned uh, early on is that um, it, it happens all the time. Things change all the time, you know, um, and, and something else, you know, that I learned is I never realized how much of a community, um, uh, aspect there was to, to film work. You know, it's very much community. Of course, you know, it takes a lot of people together to be all working together. And um, developing a rapport with people uh, is really important. You know, people, you know, the people that really have trouble getting along with people that are really hard to get along with, they usually end up getting weeded out of this industry because it's a it's a can be a tough uh, job at times. At times we're working 14, 16 hour days, you know, and you're seeing these people more than you're seeing your own family. So you have to be a type of person that really that gets along really well with everyone. And I've always been that type of person, but I was never really the type that would, because um, I'm a loner pretty much, right? So I was never really the type of person that would get together with people after work and bond and stuff. And, and that is actually important. It's not something you have to do all the time, but I think it is important that you bond with the people that you work with. And it just, you know, it just, I think it helps create more cohesiveness on the job. So that's something that I learned as well, that it is important. You need to not just get along with people, but to bond with them as well and uh, spend some time, you know, spend some time with them, getting to know them, you know, cause you're, you know, you could be on a job for almost a year. You could be on a job for eight months, you know, six months, four months, whatever. So you're spending a lot of time with these people. When you said Lona, the image that popped to my mind uh, was the one that Zach, uh, took the, the photo that he took on the set of uh, the warehouse fight scene. You were in like a corner and trying to oh. find like a quiet, quiet place with that. <laughs> yeah, well, that, you know, <laughs> that was that was more about it being really hot, being in that suit all day long and just trying to find my happy place. You know, <laughs> you, know you just, it's a mindset, like I said, you know, and, and you just, you just have to just roll with it. You know, you can't think about the people, all the people that you're sitting there watching and they're wearing shorts and tank tops, you know, and they're, you know, they're comfortable and you can't even, you can't think about that stuff. So you just kind of go somewhere and you just kind of, until they need you, you kind of just go into your own little happy place. Gotcha. And how long did that fight scene uh, take to shoot? Uh, it was the first. It's the first thing we did when we got to, when we uh, started shooting. That was the first sh shots, and I think it was. I think it was about seven days. I think that's pretty fast. I mean, for 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 like certain fight scenes, like I, I guess on the raid, they took like multiple weeks, mm -hmm. and for something like this, it's seven days. That's that's pretty amazing. And what you guys pulled off was uh, insane. Because seeing that in the theater. That's when uh, I think most people, not just me, we realize we realize like, okay, this is different. Batman's different this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We rehearsed a long time for that. I mean, we we were. I'll tell you, everybody was fully invested 
in those fights in the, in the warehouse and we, we rehearsed a long time and we were ready when we when it came to shoot we were you know we were ready to go you know all that hard work paid off for everyone it's interesting uh when you talked about you know uh, how things could change on the day of the shoot and uh you know uh take, taking into account like the the previous video that you guys shot versus the the fight scene that actually ended up uh you know uh being in the movie they're like pretty similar shot for shot so uh, there weren't many changes at all were there no and that's the that's one of the beauties of working with uh with zach you know he's by you know by far my favorite director to work with um uh and uh you pretty much know when he okays something you know you pretty much know this is what it's going to be but even within that, even though it's the same thing that, as you saw in the previous, there's adjustments all the time. There's little adjustments that you'll never, probably will never see that we have to make all the time. You know, the stunt coordinator, Dave McCarl, who, who coordinates most of Zach's films, I think he's coordinated pretty much every one of them and, and does second unit directing as well. Um, he has a real specific eye for what he wants. You know, so he may he'll make little minute adjustments in the choreography, just just minor things, maybe just something that I'm doing differently. I, I need to do the, I need to punch a little higher, and then okay, on this block over here, this block needs to be a little bit lower, and then okay, then when you do this, I want you to, you know, I want you to um, maybe take a little half a step closer to him before you hit him, and then when you hit him over here, I want you to come more downward because the camera is, is up a little high. So then you have to take all these notes that you're getting and remember them while you're doing while you're doing the next take. So that that's a big part of it, you know, getting used to all these minor adjustments and, and being able to inject them into your choreography um, like immediately. That that if you can do that, you become a a um, a valuable performer if you can do that because that's not that's not easy to do you know so if you can do things like that you save this you save the studio money you know you save the, the production time so those are really important things to work on and you know about the about that specific fight scene i'm pretty sure so many people have you know asked you enough and more questions about that but could you <laughs> tell us a little bit about how it came came about like uh you're obviously a Batman fan, and getting to perform uh, uh, as uh, as a martial artist and bringing that aspect into uh, this iteration of Batman. How did that process like uh, take place? Like from the beginning to you know coming down to uh, the, the character, I guess. Well, you're right. I'm a huge Batman fan and have been since I was a kid. So I've, I've said this many times. That was my dream job. Really, I, I don't think it'll get any better than that. You know? um, <laughs> But I first heard from Damon Caro, who is also a longtime training partner of mine and a very, very close friend. Uh, we've been friends for 30 years, I think it is, maybe a little over. Um, so he, he contacted me and said, hey, Zach's looking at Ben Affleck to play Batman. So if he goes with Ben and Ben agrees, then I want you to I want you to audition for it because he's not going to give it to him because that's just not how Damon does things. He wants the best guy to have the job, even though we're very close friends. You know, it doesn't matter, right? So he's he's a, he's strictly a professional. And um, I said, oh my god, I like because I heard they were looking at um, uh, which the Irish 
Irish actor's name, Colin um, Farrell. Yes, they were looking to him. Yeah. They were looking to Colin to play Batman. And there's no way I could double him. I'm a lot taller than he is. So when they when I heard they're looking at Ben, I was really super excited. So it turns out that you know they hired Ben. You know Zach Zach wanted Ben, and um, Ben wanted to do it. And um, I auditioned uh, the first time, and then they called me back to audition a second time. And then uh, about a day later, Damon called me and said, "Hey, man, you you were you were great, man. He goes, you're you're the guy for sure. We're gonna we're you know we're using you." So I was just, I mean, I was just ecstatic. You know, I'm not much of a dancer, but I, I think I danced around my house pretty good that, pretty good that <laughs> And just, I mean, just really, that was, you know, from the beginning of that show to the end of that show was um, was just the best for me. I, I enjoyed every minute of it. And I think it was, you know, it was something that I just considered that I, I had the best job in the world for that time. You know, I, I would I would rather be doing that than any other job in the world. So I was really very happy. I think it uh, anyone would be happy if they got to play a role like that. But yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. Yeah, well, working working with Zach, you worked with him, I guess, since uh, three hundred as as a spark. Okay, so from the very first feature itself. Yeah, I've done every live action movie, every one of Zach's live action movies I've, I've done so far. I'm sure that, you know, it'll come a time when I when I don't, when, you know, I'm not, he just doesn't use me for something because I'm just not right for it or whatever. But uh, up until now, yeah, yeah, everyone. And uh, working with him, you know, starting from Dawn of the Dead, moving into 300, Watchmen, and essentially uh, slowly, you know, into the Snyderverse, how do you think, uh, your work as a stuntman has evolved, I guess. Well, I mean, there's a natural evolution, of course. You know, when you do something for almost 30 years, you should improve and you should evolve. But I would say because of the way I've been challenged over the years, I probably it's probably accelerated even more. You know, I probably had a little more growth than maybe I, I expected. Because I've been given, you know, a lot of responsibilities, and I've and I've and I've cherished those, and I, I love getting the responsibility. I, I like being in a situation where, you know, you have to do something and get it right the first or second time. You know, um, I, li I like when people trust me to be able to do things like that that are that are difficult to do. We did um, when we did Watchmen. I don't know if you ever saw Watchmen, but um. Yeah. I did the opening fight scene, right? So I was, I was fighting, you know, uh, a buddy of mine, Tim Conley, who's a, who's a phenomenal stunt performer, and, uh, and the Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who played the, the character. Um, so you couldn't really see my face, so I got, this, I got to do the fight myself, which was really great. Um, but in that fight, there's a time when I grab Timmy and I chuck him across the room onto a glass table, and he smashes through the glass table. And we only had two tables. <laughs> so the, the first take, he just came up short and his, his, his heel clipped the table and broke the whole table. But it wasn't a good shot because he didn't go through it. It just his heel hit. So we have one table left. And so it comes down to like, we got to work together. You know, I got to work together with Tim. Tim's, we all got to work together with the rigors and we all have to be in sync together to get this right. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure because the shots, you can't use the shot if we don't get this. You know, so I, I just love those moments. I really like being in those moments where, 
you know, and, and just and when, when you're in high pressure situations like that, your evolution just, you know, anytime you can put yourself in a high pressure situation and you can handle it, um, I bet your, your evolution and whatever you're doing is going to grow significantly. So that's kind of just an example of, you know, I think how I, you know, I've been able to, my evolution as a stunt performer has been able to grow, you know, pretty nicely over the years. Uh, just gonna go back to 300 because that was I'm pretty sure it was like a very physical role because you guys had to essentially be uh, shirtless for pretty all, all the scenes that you were in. So uh, the the training aspect of it, not just 300, but uh, the training aspect of being uh, a stuntman, like the difficult levels of physicality that are required from you guys. Like, how do you prepare for that? And uh, with the with prep time being uh with prep time variating from production to production how do you manage to keep up with the pressures well thankfully you know that was another zack snyder film and thankfully you know we always get a lot of prep time with zack you know he, he he's action is important to him and he realizes that you know we need time to prepare and that job was one of those things where um i mean we basically got paid to get into the best shape of our lives you know all, all we had to do is do it you know we just and, you know and it was just um it was just really great for everyone involved Every, everyone worked hard the stunt performers worked hard the actors worked hard um and we got plenty of time to to prepare i think we started prepping two or three months before we left for montreal to shoot that everybody got in great shape and we maintained as we were there uh we were working out eight hours a day and, you know, with choreography and with training with Mark Twight, Mark Twight, you know, is we were introduced to Mark on that on that show. And he has gone on to do all of Zach's movies where he's training the actors and sometimes the stunt performers. Uh, but on that one, he was training the stunt performers and the actors. And um, he had great training methods that I had never done before. They were really very uh, effective. So we would train eight hours a day with that stuff. And then we would go as a team, you know, everybody go home and eat dinner. And then we go out to the gym, you know, afterwards in Montreal and, and lift weights for, you know, an hour, hour and a half after that. And we did that every day up till shooting. And then while we're shooting, anytime we could sneak away and work out and lift and stuff, we would. So we got in really great shape. And I, I still have people ask me to this day, were those abs, were they prosthetics? <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you honestly, no one had prosthetics. And it, and they would do some painting where they would shade in to make the abs pop a little bit, you know, sometimes. Um, but no one had prosthetics. That was all hard work. That's amazing. And uh, working, you know, uh, working in television versus film, what do you think is like the main difference as a stunt person? I think television and film, um, the main difference is you don't have the prep time as a stunt per person normally in TV. Sometimes you do. But normally in a television show, you may have two days to prep something. If it's a fight or if you're going to prep a fall or something like that or a car sequence, you usually have a couple days. Now, there are some shows that are so action-oriented that they will give you more time. I did a show called Banshee. Um, where, mm. where I was hired as one of the fight choreographers. And every now and then I would perform something. But mostly I was doing fight choreography and we would we would actually get like a month, which was, was really strange for TV. But some, some shows will do, will do that if it's really action heavy. 
Um, but to me, that's the biggest difference. And then TV moves really fast. Um, with with um, with film, they shoot like a, a, a shot. They'll shoot it at uh, like a particular scene. They'll shoot it at every conceivable angle. You know, then they'll change lenses and they get this guy's coverage and they turn around and get this guy's coverage. And everything moves really slow on a film. Whereas TV, it's just like, bam, 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 bam. They're knocking it out. They're knocking it out, you know, because they want to get an episode done in a week. You know, so they're knocking things out as fast as they can. And that's kind of cool. I kind of like that. I, there's aspects I like about both, but it's kind of cool. It keeps you on your toes with TV because you have to stay really sharp because you don't have as much prep time. Have you ever faced this situation, like uh, since you said uh, things move pretty slowly on film, where if you are shooting some sort of a fight scene or uh, any action scene, whatever, uh, your body essentially you know, warms down, it, it cools down between takes, and then uh, you end up pulling a muscle or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the thing about uh, films when you're doing action. Like it's, you know, you can count on you're going to be doing a lot of takes, you know, because you just are, you know. Even if you get something in one, you, you still have more setups, you know. So, yeah, you, you got to keep loose. You got to hydrate. That's a huge thing. Anytime I'm doing something that's um, a lot of action, I'll bring in, uh, like, I'll bring, like, a six-pack of coconut water and hydrate with coconut water, you know. Um, it's really good for replenishing, you know, everything your body needs. Um, so I usually do that. Um, but I think, you know, you just got to stay loose, you know, and um, – you know, just the, the more experience you get, you know, the more you know what your body needs. You know, you know, it's it gets easier as you, as you get gain more and more experience. You know, so, but uh, yeah, that's something that uh, you have to be aware of because you're right. If you if you get tightened up too much, you'll, you'll pull something. And I see it happen all the time. Somebody, you know, they'll pull something. Somebody will pull something. That's never a good thing. The coconut water, huh? That's that's interesting. Probably yeah. got to try that out next time. <laughs> Yeah, you know, in in war, in wartime, I think since the '60s, if they're low on plasma, they've actually been able to substitute coconut water, pure coconut water, for plasma. So it's really good for your body. It's pretty. It's 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 pretty an amazing liquid for your body. So yeah, you should try it if you're doing something really strenuous. And you you know, um, try coconut water. Hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, we have tons of coconut trees and. Uh, in coconut trees over here in the tropics, so shouldn't be too hard to find. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. And uh, about, you know, uh, transitioning, not transitioning, but uh, working as an actor at the same time, you know, on certain shows and uh, most recently uh, playing like uh, a lead antagonist, the lead antagonist in, you know, Army of the Dead. Uh, how much did you have to like focus on your performance as in like uh, did you take any acting classes like have you taken any acting classes throughout the years uh, or uh, in order to prepare for certain roles where you had maybe like speaking parts on 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 screen yeah i've um when i first moved to california i i took uh, about six years of acting classes um so like off and on whenever i wasn't working i was able to get into class and study and then when i got a job you know i'd have to leave and do the job but um i think they're very very valuable even if even if you're a stunt performer and you have no desire to act right you just don't like it and i know lots of stunt performers that don't they don't they just don't like it they don't want to say lines they, wanna, they just want to do stunts that's fine but it'll actually help you if you can do it 
you know, take some classes um, and get a certain proficiency. It'll help you in your stunt performance because a lot of stunt performing is acting. You know, acting isn't really about saying lines. That's just, you know, it's, that's part of it, but that's not really the main emphasis of acting, you know? Um, so I think anyone who has aspirations of being a stunt performer, they, they need to get out and take acting les lessons. And, and that's what I did. And, and I feel pretty comfortable doing it. And it's, it's served me well over the years. You know, it's definitely helped me. Um, and then stunt coordinators, and it's just, it's just like another tool in your toolbox, right? Because then stunt coordinators that know you can act, they'll hire you for things that have, you know, you know, like an acting stunt, stunt role, you know, where this guy has a few lines and then, you know, then you, you end up getting more work out of it. So I think it's a valuable thing. That's interesting because, uh, like you said, uh, stunt performance, you know, again, you are performing. So uh, mm -hmm. some fine knowledge of acting would definitely come in handy. And, uh, the, the, you know, you've done so many various roles, like like you said, creature effects. And then I remember uh, the, the Headless Horseman, I guess, Sleeping oh, yeah. Off. Yeah. yeah. That was an interesting one, because how did they pull that off? Your head wasn't visible. Were you like in a green uh, sock or something like that? Yeah, they had, a, they had a mask, a green screen mask over top of my head. And um, I, I really enjoyed that job a lot. I, I, I would have kept doing it. I did, I did the pilot and I did season one, but I would have kept doing that job, but that's when Batman came up, you know? Okay. So yeah, I got, I got the Batman job after season one. No, right at the tail end of season one, I got the Batman job. So um, I was gonna do that, of course. But other than that, you know, if, if Zach calls me, yeah, I'm gonna work for Zach, but other than that, I would have kept doing that job because I really enjoyed that job a lot. It it did look like it because uh, I saw that one bit, uh, one particular fight scene with Patrick Gorman, mm -hmm. and it seems like the two of you were having quite a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. fun. He's a he's a really good guy. He's a friend now. You know, I made I made friends with him on that show, and we've kept in contact through Facebook. Really like him, and uh, that was a fun that was a fun little sequence. Um, Clancy too, another another real great actor who, you know, he got his uh, he got his start in um, uh, oh, what's what's it called? I can't remember the name of the movie now. But uh, they're doing a sequel. They're actually doing a remake of it. Um, but okay. he was the bad guy in that movie, and he got his start there. And, and I really liked the movie a lot. And I uh, asked asked him a lot about that. And uh, that was his first first movie. You know. And that was a great role, um, man. I'll, I'll I'll think of the name of it while we're while we're sure. talking. I'll just I'll just I'll just let you know. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, not a little bit, but uh, as much as time would allow us about Army of the Dead. Man, you were emoting through all those layers of makeup, and that it was I guess it was unlike any other role that you had performed before. Correct me if I'm wrong. And uh, there was quite a lot of responsibility on your shoulders as well. Mm -hmm. What was it like? Oh, it was great. You know, Zach called me and said, hey, I, I, I'm doing this zombie movie. And I have this uh, this part. I think you'd be great for it. You know, it, you know, it's a it's a zombie leader. You know, and I was like, I, I'm going to work with you again, Zach. Absolutely. 
whatever you need, I'll do it. You know. <laughs> so um, it was really it was really a fun process. You know, um, anytime anytime I work with Zach with something where it's more it's got some acting to it. We always meet, you know, before we start filming. We just go over everything about the character, and I learn all the character's backstory, and I, I learn what Zach's vision is for the character, you know. So we we go over that, and it, and I, you know, when when he explained it to me, I was really excited about it because it's not, it's not your classic zombie movie, and, and, and it's not your classic zombie. You know, there's much more to this guy than what you know people realize, maybe. I think some people kind of have an idea of what's going on, but there's a lot more to him than, than a zombie. It's, it's not like that, you know? So I really, I, I really was excited about it. And I, I liked the challenge of it, you know, and uh, it was just fun. You know, it was, you know, working with Zach is just fun. And it's cause we have, it's like a little family cause we've done so many jobs together is his core group of people, you know, and, and it's always really, really nice to get back together with them work with them but uh, I, I did enjoy doing the character a lot the 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 the, the scene where you uh, you know realize the queen zombie is dead and the the child within is also that that was pretty emotional in a way like the audience can could i guess empathize with the character like that like and you don't find people empathizing with zombies as much yeah <laughs> so yeah. That specific scene, what what challenges were, were there in, you know, again, emoting through all those layers of makeup and making sure, like, your uh, emotions were coming through? How did that work? Was it, like, uh, did you have to coordinate with the makeup department? Like, I, I know Justin Raleigh worked on it. He was on the show before. Mm -hmm. So uh, was there any coordination between that department and you guys, or was it just purely you? There was, um, there was a lot of coordination from what I've heard between Zach and Justin. Because, you know, I remember Zach saying he wants to make sure that I can, that you can't see emotion come through the prosthetics. So part of that is, you know, making, making sure Justin does what he needs to do. And part of that is making sure I need to do, you know, I do what I need to do. You know, and so between the two, you know, I, th I thought we were pretty successful with, um, with what we needed to, uh, you know, have the audience perceive and what they needed to see from this character. Um, it was it was challenging, you know, to get myself in that place because I'm not a full-time actor. Um, so it was challenging for me to get myself to that place. And, you know, I, I, everybody has like little things they do to get themselves to that place. But it was rough. And I remember after, the, after that day, um, especially the one after when I bring the uh, queen back, my queen back to the, you know, to our, our place, you know, that was, that was, that was emotionally a tough day. And it's like, I remember telling, I remember telling Damon, and I was like, we, we were, we were done. I was just like emotionally drawn. I was just done. I was just, you know, just didn't have nothing left. I remember telling Damon, like, man, how do actors do this all the time? Like this takes so much out of you. Like, it, it's like, wow, I, I don't know how they do it, you know, but, um, it was it was tough, but you know, thankfully, I was able to get myself into the right state of mind, and you know, the acting classes, of course, helped tremendously. So, um, I, I, you know, I liked the way it turned out. I thought it was I thought it it conveyed how I was feeling. You know, you know so I thought it turned out okay. I think it turned out more than okay. No, <laughs> it was amazing, you. man. Thank you. It was amazing.
we have two questions over here. I'm just gonna sure. them up. Uh, yeah. Uh, can you recall your memory about meeting Zach Snyder for the first time on set, and how energetic is he on? Was he on the sets of Army of the Dead? Um, the first time I met Zach on set, I'd already known Zach for a few years before I met him on set. Um, I was introduced through, to him through Damon, um, and then and then. Uh, uh, a friend of ours, Kurt Johnstad, who was one of the writers of 300, introduced uh, Damon to Zach. So we kind of like all met him at around the same time. Um, but the first time I met him on set was on Dawn of the Dead. He was doing additional photography because most of that movie was shot in Toronto. But he did about a week additional in in Los Angeles. And that's the part that I worked on. You know, it's the it's the it, it, if anybody can recall, it's the last pretty much the last scene in the movie before the credits. Or it's actually, I think it takes place during the credits. I think is how it's done. And they find they're sailing on that ship and they find that island and all the zombies are on the island. They're hoping that there's not going to be anybody on the island, no zombies, but there are, you know. So I'm one of the zombies that, sh that comes at them, you know, in that last shot. Um, but uh, Zach was, yeah, Zach was is super energetic on sets. Um, he has a, you know, especially on Army, you know, because he was, you know, he's directing, he's doing a cinematography, and he was shooting, you know, a lot of it as well. You know, John was still his number one cameraman, and Ian still shot second unit, but he was shooting a lot of stuff as well, and uh, he's getting right in there, and, and like, yeah, he was just, it was back to, you know, a Zack Snyder film, as I remember, as I remember, them. you know, he was back to, you know, it's just a fun, fun process. It's always a fun process working with him. And um, he, he just gets it. He understands, you know, that, that um, the, the more he can make this an enjoyable experience for everybody, the more he's going to get out of his casting crew. And that's why everybody is so faithful to Zach. That's why when you see these actors, you know, Ray Fisher and Jason Momoa and, and Ben Affleck and, you know, these different people that are really so faithful to him and how they speak about him. That's why, you know, he's, he's just, he's just genuinely a good guy and he makes the process enjoyable for everyone. You will never see Zach freaking out on somebody on set, no matter how much pressure is on him. It doesn't matter. He doesn't, he won't do that, you know? And so, yeah, that was fun. Army of the Dead was a lot of fun. You know, it was, it was, it was really cool. I guess it definitely pays to be uh, a good person on, on, on any film set, right? I mean, just take a look at uh, how the whole Snyder Cut movement uh, evolved into what it was, and it ended up in the film actually getting released. So, yeah. yeah. It's amazing. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. The fans made that happen. You know, without the fans' support, AT&T never takes notice, you know, and then they never contact Warner Brothers, you know, and then it never happens. It's all about the fans. It really is, you know. And uh, so, yeah, that that just is kind of a testament to how people feel about Zach, whether you've ever met him or, or not. And a lot of people have. And they, you know, we did this little, we did this thing. He asked me to do this thing one time where he was doing a charity function for his college. And then he did three days of films. And then he had a, a panel afterwards you know, talk about it. And then he had me do the Batman versus Superman one with him. And I remember he had to get up early the next morning for an early flight to go to Atlantic City 
you know, to do scouts for Army of the Dead, I think it was. And um, he, after the panel, he, 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 we all stayed and signed autographs. And he stayed for hours. Like, he stayed till every single person that had traveled, you know, to see this got an autograph that wanted one. You know, and wow. it, I bet we got out of there at 1 in the morning. I bet it was about 1 a.m. in the morning. You know, I know he didn't get much sleep, but he wanted to make sure that everybody that came went home happy, that they, they if they wanted a picture, they wanted an autograph or whatever. So, you know, things like that are why people like the guy so much and, you know, why this this whole thing happened, I think. You know, he gets so much um, support from the fans. It's, it's really great to see. It makes sense because when I was at Comic-Con, I think it was in 2019, I saw the, uh, the banner that they flew over the convention. That was, I mean... It's crazy, like how the the length to which fans would go. I mean, but again, that does essentially come from, uh, I guess, who you are as a person, mm -hmm. and also definitely like the you know the, the content that you create. But For yeah, sure, it's, it's, yeah. I've never seen. I mean, there's a there's a lot of amazing directors out there, and I've never seen anything like that happen for for any other director. I haven't seen it. I don't know if it has happened, but I haven't seen it. I don't think that, that has. This is the first. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Uh, just want to uh, talk a little bit about uh, you know, uh, again back back to going going back to television before we come on to film again. Uh, you spoke about the challenges of you know not necessarily having as much prep time as uh, you would on a film, uh, and at the same time, you know. Uh, the, the the recovery time in case you do have some sort of an injury how does that play into your career as a stuntman definitely on film on television much more than film uh well i mean i guess you know you, you get an injury on on television and you, you're it depends on what you do if you're doubling if you're doubling one of the leads then you probably don't have a lot of time a lot of downtime depending on what the episodes are like and depending on how much action is in the show it really depends on those things you know so you could possibly get plenty of downtime to heal for your injuries or you know you, you could you might not have much time at all depending on what you do on the show and, and what type of show it is um i know you know uh if it's something that's it's going to take some time and, and they need more action for that character they'll probably have to replace you until that you're healed you know so that can be a tough situation. I, with films, there's usually like there's usually one main double in a film for for the lead actors, and then there's usually a, a secondary double, and then maybe another double. So sometimes you have up to three doubles, and you have the main guy doing like eighty-five to ninety percent of the stuff, and then you have a secondary double doing some, and then you have, you know, then if there's a special special thing that comes in, um, like driving. You know, speciality like that. Like I don't, I drive sometimes. I've done a little driving, but I'm not considered a top driver at all. So when they when you go to meet someone to drive the Batmobile, it's not going to be me. They're going to bring in a, 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 you know, somebody that does that speciality. Um, so gotcha. it just depends on really to answer to your, to your question. It just depends on the show and what you're doing on the show. And you also worked on the Mandalorian. So uh, how different was that? Because uh, I mean, if it's CGI, CGI heavy show or uh, a movie, essentially you're you're reacting to a green screen, right? Like you gotta have some sort of, some sense of imagination. But 
I guess it was different on the Mandalorian with the the new tech that they have. Uh, the, uh, the the name kind of uh, evades me right now, but uh, I think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, they call that area the volume. You're in, you're it's in the volume, volume. exactly. And it's all yeah. those LED lights surrounding you, and it's it's pretty amazing. Because um, I I remember standing on set and they had like a a vehicle, like a jeep type vehicle, and it was about 30 feet away from me, and I swear to God, it looked like it was real. You know, 30 feet away. <laughs> I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, that's not real. It's it's really amazing technology. Um, and then I did Star Wars, I did Solo, you know, Star Wars story, and they had different technology, but they also had uh, surrounding um, with, with you know, what, what appears to be the planet you're on, you know, and, and everything else around it. So that that is really nice for the actors. It just makes, it makes that, uh, makes them, I think, able to put themselves in that, in that place so much easier you know you, you don't need as much imagination but then we did you know we did 300 where that was all blue screen you know so we had mm. you know, a lot of imagination there you know so i i, I like the new technology though I, I think it's uh i think it's pretty cool yeah it definitely looks cool and i think it's gonna pretty much change the game uh, with the pandemic and all that like basically if you can't really go out to a location you can bring the location to you so yeah that's very interesting yeah for sure and they're just going to get better and better at it it's going to get cheaper and cheaper and it's definitely be more prevalent 100 percent uh you also worked on the the movie that kick-started the mcu as well uh the first iron man movie yeah and you squeezed your size 12 feet into a size 10. <laughs> oh you heard that huh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was it like? What was uh, that entire process like? Because I mean, those movies have evolved so much during the past decade. But uh, seeing seeing as you were part of the movie that started it all, how 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 did that work out? That was um, that was my first time being a superhero in a film, so that one is real special to me. And um, uh, I wanted that job really badly, obviously. You know, I, I came in for about the last five weeks of shooting. Like the stuff I did was the Ironmonger stuff at the end of the movie. Um, so they, you know, they had me try on the suit because that's the only Iron Man movie where a, a complete suit was used. Everything after that was partial suit with, with a uh, mocap suit or sometimes a complete mocap suit, no suit at all, you know. Um, so that was real special that I got to be in the, in the full Iron Man suit. Um, it was, uh, it, it was tough because, you know, the suit would pinch you when you try to get in different stances, it would pinch you, pinch you in your legs and your arms. Um, but, um, I prefer that, you know, it's a lot tougher to work that way. Mocap suits are like pajamas. It's really easy to work in. But I just feel I feel more the character when I'm in the real suit. You know, I, I just it just feels more. I get more into it. Was it real metal or uh, was it, was it like some a, other material? It was like a fiberglass resin type oh, okay. material. So it wasn't really super heavy or anything like that. Um, but it was just clunky, clunky to move in. You know, um, <laughs> and I had it a lot easier than my buddy Mike Justice was in the Mark One suit. You know, the big silver, the big. Oh. Yeah, yeah. He was in yeah. that, and his suit was really heavy. He told he man. told me stories about that suit. He's like, "Oh my gosh, man! It's, it was just it was tough just to li lift your arm with that flamethrower on it. I mean, it was a workout. 
you know. So um, so I got lucky compared to Mike. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's a real special job for me because it, it was my first superhero, and it, and it was and it was it's the one that really set set the um, Marvel universe in motion and um, really enjoyed it. Now, obviously, I wanted it really badly because because my feet were like numb for for about a good month after that job. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy but i mean uh you enjoy your job right i mean it, it's crazy like how many different uh genres that you get to work on i mean the, the number of people you are surrounded by on every single day yeah what's what's the most important lesson you've learned you know throughout all these years of working with multiple crews directors uh projects I mean, there's so, so many. I think just to look at it, the industry as a whole, I think the most important lesson I learned was perseverance. Because mm -hmm. you don't, you know, sometimes a person comes on the scene and they're just an instant success. They just whatever, whatever reason. They have a, you know, they have a ton of charisma. They know the right people, whatever it is. Sometimes that happens, but most of the time, people don't see all the hard work that goes into it. People don't see all the disappointment that 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 you you come in contact with throughout throughout your career of tr you know trying to get jobs that you don't get, trying to get parts that you don't get. Um, uh, most people don't see you know um, just how hard it is to get to the point you get to when when finally your work starts to come out. You know, so the thing that I would say was the biggest lesson I learned is perseverance. You, you have to want it so bad that you don't let anything stop you. You don't let any of the negative. I've had people tell me I'm too tall and thin to be a stuntman. When I first started, before I, before I really, you know, broke in, uh, I had I've had people tell me that. You know, well, oh, most stuntmen are short and stocky. You know, you're you're never going to make it. You know, and. And it's a shame that some people, when they're told things like that in life, um, they they listen for, for you know they they you know it goes into their their mind and and then it sits in there and it it, it destroys their dreams, you know. And you can't let that happen, because people will say that for whatever reason. Just because somebody says something to you doesn't mean they're an expert in what they're saying. It doesn't they don't they don't know you. They don't know what kind of heart you have. They don't know you as a person. You know, so you don't listen to that stuff. You have you have something you really want to do. You don't let anything stop you. You know, and um, I, I think that's the biggest. I think that's the biggest thing I can take away from this industry is you need to have perseverance. Um, I can tell you, I have my first acting teacher told us we had a big class. We had about thirty-five people in that class, and he told us that you know, most of you don't want this bad enough. In five years, there might be two of you that are still in the industry after five years. And I, and I think he was right. You know, I think you have to want it that badly and you just can't let anything stop you. That's that's very valuable advice, I guess, because so many people say they want to either become filmmakers or stunt people, whatever. But the the heart, the, the courage that they have is, I guess, more you know, uh, that's more valuable than the talent that you have, according to what you said. So, yeah, perseverance. Talent, talent helps, you know, but but talent doesn't take you uh, far enough without without being committed to it. 
you know, and without working. It just sure. doesn't, you know. I mean, you see that all the time in sports. You know, you see that. You see this amazing athlete get to college and it just doesn't go much further than that because it just didn't put the work in. You know, when you get up to that next level, everybody's putting the work in, you know. So, yeah, talent's nice. Talent helps. But you got to have that work ethic and you got to want it. Got one more question here. Um, sure. How did you figure out that this was what you wanted to do for the rest of your life? That's a really good question. I don't know. Um, I, you know, <laughs> I, I, um, I wanted to move to California. I wanted to study martial arts. I thought about coming home and opening up a martial arts school in my hometown of Pittsburgh after I became an instructor in California. But in the back of my head, I always had like, you know, I, I think I want to try to get in the film industry. I think I want to try stunts because I, I, you know, I didn't know for a portion of my life, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Nothing really appealed to me as far as something that I would love doing that I could get up in the morning and enjoy going to work, enjoy my job. And I didn't have that for the longest time. Um, I had jobs that were okay. That, that I that I liked but that didn't really love. I didn't want to do it my whole life. And so I had regular jobs. So I know, you know, I appreciate what I do now. I didn't get into stunts until like 29, 30 years of age. You know? Okay. So I was training up to that point. You know, I was I was working up to that point to get into it. But, but before I I didn't have my first job until I was about 29 or 30. You know, so um, it was, you know, it was something that I, I just, I just kind of found, you know, I, I, it, it, it's had a lot of, the stunts have a lot of aspect of physicality of things that I've enjoyed doing my whole life. I played football since I was a little kid. I played hockey. I boxed, you know, I like physicality and it just seemed like, wow, I can, it just seems so exciting to me that I can do something. I can do work that. He's going to be around long after I'm gone from this planet. It's going to still be there for people to enjoy. And there was something about that that really resonated with me, you know, that made me feel like I, I have to do this. You know, I, I want, you know, I, I want my children and my grandchildren and my great grandchildren to see like what I've accomplished and to be proud, you know, of our name and proud of who they are. And, and I think, you know, I think, Stuff like that's important for future, for your future generations of children. It's, and I think it's important that they feel pride in, in who they are, you know. So, um, yeah, I just, it's just something I, I found. And luckily I did find it, you know, because who knows? <laughs> I didn't know what I was going to do. I loved what you just said, uh, that your work is going to live on after you, long after you're gone. And I guess, I guess that's like uh, your legacy, right? Because... Well, that's one of the main reasons I got into filmmaking myself. So, mm -hmm. I it's it's in a way <laughs> like you're immortalizing a part of yourself through film. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, you are, and um, it's pretty cool. You know, it's pretty cool. I, I, um, yeah, it's too bad you you know you won't be around to, to see your uh, your grandchildren, your great grandchildren, or your future generations get a kick out of it. You know, but. Uh, <laughs> It's, I, I think it's a good reason as any to, you know, and, 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 and it's an honorable profession too. 
I mean, how many times have you just been feeling really lousy about life or whatever, you know, and you turn on, you turn on a movie that you like, you know, and all of a sudden your day brightens up and you feel better. It's a very honorable profession. You know, I like that it can, it can give people happiness, you know, and, and, and that's important because you could change someone's future, you know, with, with your performance. And that's very, it's a very cool thing. And I, I don't think anyone would have been able to get through the pandemic if movies did not exist. It would have been a, it would have been a lot tougher, right? It'd have been yeah. It was tough as it was, but you're right. Yeah, I I can't tell you how many movies I watched during the pandemic. Yeah, for sure. Just want to talk a little bit about one more thing uh, before we wrap up. Uh, working with Richard Norton on oh, uh, Suicide man. Squad. Yeah. <laughs> First person to ask me about this. So that's, you know, I get a lot of the same questions on podcasts, which is understandable. I, I understand because there's there's some very obvious things that people want to know. But um, it's nice. We I, actually, I, I like this question. We had, we had Richard on the show before, which is why I wanted to, like, uh, talk to you about him. Yeah, I've, I've looked up to the guy. I, I mean, his movies and all that. And then he comes from a martial arts background. So do you. I thought, oh, yeah, I got to ask this. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love Richard. I, he... he um, it was so cool for me to to work with him and to meet him because i like you know i watched him a lot as a kid i mean he was you know he was he was the real deal you know and you know he was like like he did some great great movies you know like he did some great performances i love him in octagon remember <laughs> octagon with chuck norris i do yeah, I yeah, love yeah. that character. We talked a lot about that when I first met him, and I, I have so much respect for the guy. Um, still in great shape today, you know, and um, really a great martial artist. He transitioned into um, jujitsu, and is a fantastic jujitsu practitioner. He taught me a lot when I when I got chance because we would do jujitsu workouts with other members of the stunt team and the cast. Um, yeah, really, really a great guy. I really, really had, had a. I hope I get to work with him again sometime. He he's a he's a really fun person too. I guess you know even be around. I haven't met him, but uh, even many people on the show, it was uh, one of the most. Uh, he was one of the most enth enthusiastic guests I've had. So yeah, nice. I mean it's it's nice to see him maintaining that same energy, uh, even now. You know, it's, yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's cool. I have to look for that episode. I'll send it over to you. Oh, okay, thank you. Awesome. And uh, I guess that is, do you have any questions? Oh, yeah, we got one more question here. What do you think your best work is? Um, that, I don't, wow. That's another good question. I've been asked, you know, what's my favorite fight? But my best work, you know, it's so funny. Um, I think I've done my best work in my 40s and 50s because I'm no spring chicken anymore, right? But I, I think I've done my best work as I've gotten older. Um, you know, it might be, uh, might be Army of the Dead. Because we my, actually, my biggest fight in that movie didn't make the movie. It, it got what? cut. Just, 
Yeah, it just it just wasn't it just gave away my character too much where it sat into the timeline. It just just didn't work. So I'm hoping that it it ends up in a sequel somewhere. One of the because I know they're you know I'm sure they're planning a sequel. Um, so, but I I think I did some good stuff on that on that job. I think that might have been my best. I liked the Batman stuff I've done as well. I really like that stuff as well. Um, I like the Headless Horseman stuff. I like the I like the stuff I did um, in Watchmen. I like the stuff I did in Sucker Punch. But if I were to pick a favorite, it, it might be Army of the Dead. And uh, with whom was that fight, the one that got cut out? I'm sorry? The the fight that got cut out? Uh-huh. Uh, who was it with? I mean, was it with Batista that was, or DJ? That was Amari, Amari's guys. So that okay. kind of like, I take out Amari's guys, right? And then me and Amari have a face-off together, right? So okay. it kind of is cool because it sets up the, the fight at the end that I have with Amari. But, it, you know, okay. I, I'm sure it killed Zach to have to take it out because Zach loves action. But it just didn't work, you know, in the film. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was a cool, that was a cool scene. That, that was one of my favorite scenes in that film for sure. Cause we have a nice little square off, you know, where he has, he has the saw up and the blade is like inches from my face and I'm just staring him down and it's a cool scene. I hope, I hope it shows up sometime. I think that was one of the, uh, one criticism that the audience kind of had, like you never really saw the saw in action as much as, uh, you could have had so okay it's yeah. good to know that it was actually filmed but uh, you know didn't make the cut so hopefully it does uh, make its way to uh, a sequel or at least up to the internet so i think it's possible that it could end up as a flashback or something it's possible and you mentioned that you know your best work has come out in uh, the, the the later years of your life so as a stunt person you know the physicality and the things that you can do kind of uh, it, I, I wouldn't say it's going to get less. It kind of uh, makes it a bit, I guess, uh, more challenging as you age. And how how do you think you manage to uh, navigate this part? I think it's a combination of things, to be honest with you. I, I come from, I'm very fortunate. I come from good genetics for aging. My, my dad's about 83 and he looks like he's 70. You know, I, I, I've been very fortunate uh, to have good genes. Um, I also have, you know, less to be, you know, fairly athletic and I've kept myself in shape, um, all, you know, since I can remember, um, I've always kept myself in really good shape. I never let myself get out of shape. You know, I, I may not be, ex look exactly like I did in 300, but I'm never too far from that. So I can always pop back into that shape if I want. I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, and I, you know, I still really enjoy it. You know, it is going to come a time, of course, where my body just breaks down. It's just, I just can't physically do it anymore, you know? Um, but you know, until that point, I'm going to try to continue to do it because I love performing. Um, I've, I would rather perform than, you know, do things behind the camera. I've done a little fight choreography in my career. Um, I just like performing better. I, I like, I just really enjoy it. You know, so I think it's just been a combination of just genetically, I'm, I'm, I'm very lucky and, and I've worked hard my whole life to stay in shape. And, um, you know, when you do that, it's like money in the bank. 
you know, you, your, your body responds so well because you've been doing it your whole life. So even if you let yourself get a little bit out of shape, you can snap right back into it because your body remembers, you know. Muscle so memory. I think I think those things, yeah, you know, and, and you know, so, yeah, because it's tough. You know, I'm, I work, I work a lot with people half my age, you know, sometimes I'm a character that has to be, you know, you know, like Batman has to be better than they are. He has to be faster and better, stronger, you know, so it's, it's a challenge, you know, um, but, uh, you know, I enjoy it, you know, so, so far so good. Any advice to somebody who's going to start out in the, uh, the stunt industry? What, what would you say? Um, I think, you know, the thing that I said earlier about perseverance is huge. That's a huge one. Um, seek out people who are better than you, right? If, you're, if your specialty is something, you know, and you're going to need a specialty, whether it's gymnastics, martial arts, free running, um, driving, whatever it is, you're going to need a specialty. And then you need to, um, you need to train with people who, who have that specialty and are better than you with that specialty. <clears throat> and then you need to learn other, other skills as well, because you need to make yourself as valuable as possible. And the more skills you have, the more valuable you are to a production. Um, and you need to get yourself out there and meet people. You know, if you're a social person, you know, you have you have an advantage because, you, you know, you're, you're probably already good at getting out there and meeting people and making friends, you know, and training with people. Um, so I, I would say that's really important as well. And be a good person. You know, be a good person. You know, be open to learning and, and having somebody tell you what you need to do to, to improve. Because um, people in this industry, they want to work with good people. And if you're really, 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 really talented and you're not a very good person, you'll work, you'll work for a while and you'll still work occasionally. But that's, that doesn't usually last. Those people usually get weeded out because people just don't want to work with people who aren't, aren't easy to get along with. You know, that's, that's really important. Just be, you know, just be a good person. And, um, you know, I think you do those things and I think you'll be well on your way, um, you know, to, uh, to a career. You know, you just, like I said, you just don't, you don't give up. You know, you just can't give up. Yeah. One, one last question. I don't know how you can answer this one, but sure. what is the end for you? What is the end for me? I think is, uh, I think what he means is, uh, career wise, I guess. Um, what is, as far as what, what will I be, what will I be doing in the end or when do I quit? Probably, probably, I guess. Yeah. Probably when I quit. I think so. Nidhuk, um, you want to uh, elaborate a little bit on the question? Yeah, I think it's it's more about like uh, probably what, what what's your end goal with the whole with you know filmmaking? I guess are you gonna keep being a stuntman like? You say you love performing, but would you at any point switch over to filmmaking itself, like getting behind the camera? I've, I've often thought about um, like directing a short, you know, coming up with a with an interesting story. Um, 
I thought I've thought about that because I, I do like to be creative, you know. So I think something like that would be pretty cool. And I mean, with the equipment today, I mean, you can you can do it easily, you know. Exactly. Um, it's it's a, it's a really cool time in life to be a filmmaker. I mean, it's never been a better time than there is now because you can literally come out of nowhere, you know, and, and put something together and get gain or get a lot of attention, and then before you know it, you know, you're directing. You're directing a film somewhere. Yeah, I think maybe directing a short would be would be pretty cool, and then just see how that goes. I I, I may end up doing that as something. Well, all the best uh, with that, and you know the rest of your career. Thank you so much for uh, joining the show. It was really insightful. Thank you so much, sir. You're welcome. It was my pleasure. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on your show. Awesome. Till next time. This is Junkyard Theory, folks. <laughs>